0: Hello, and welcome to the and FinTech Podcast. I'm your host, Russell Matambo, and our guest today is Shivani Soroya. Shivani is the founder and CEO of Tala, a global technology company expanding access to credit and financial services in underserved markets. Nearly 8 million people across Kenya, the Philippines, Mexico, and India have used Tala products to start and expand small businesses, manage day-to-day needs, and pursue their financial goals with confidence. TALA has been named to the Fortune Impact 20 list, CNBC's Disruptive 50 list four years in a row, and Forbes' FinTech 50 list for seven years running. Shivani has been invited to speak on financial inclusion at the World Economic Forum in Davos. Prior to founding TALA, Shivani worked in investment banking, microfinance, and for the United Nations Population Fund. She holds a BA from Wesleyan University and an MPH from Columbia University. Join us as we explore how Shivani's career journey led her to become a fintech founder, the secret behind Tala's up to 95% repayment rate, the findings from Tala's Global Impact Report, and many more. I hope you enjoyed the show. Good morning, Shivani. Uh, welcome to the Water Fintech Podcast. Where are you calling in from today?
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. I'm calling in from Santa Monica, California.
0: All right. We're really excited to have you here today. Um, To start with, can you give us an overview of your career to date and how you ended up in FinTech?
1: Sure. Uh, It's definitely a windy story, but I would say that my story really centers around uh, this idea that, you know, I really believe that everyone should have. The ability to be a true agent in their their lives, whether that's in their financial lives or other parts of their lives. Um, So my background ranges from working in investment banking, uh, working in microfinance, working at the UN Population Fund, but really what I was after was really trying to understand why is it that billions of individuals have been left out of our financial system? And I had the opportunity to really get into detail to understand why that was uh, when I worked at the UN Population Fund. And so I worked there for almost five years, working across nine different countries, and it was centered really in West Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, and parts of India. And what I was doing was trying to understand how individuals were using money and You know, were they accessing prevention programs? Were they accessing education programs? Were they growing their businesses? But essentially, what were those kind of daily kind of financial decisions? Um, And the way that I gathered my data was actually just by following them around. I would sit in their stores with them. I would go to work with them and I would see how many customers came in that day. How much cash did they have at the end of the day? And then from there, I would go with them to the marketplace and understand how much did they spend on certain bills? How much did they spend on food? Did they have a bank account? Really being proximate to the problem and walking alongside them. And what I realized was, one, they were making an enormous amount of financial decisions that we didn't see because they were Mm -hmm. all in cash. And there was no kind of database that we could pull from. But in addition to that, you could really see that they lacked hope and confidence, and that they really felt stuck, and that they weren't able to get access to the kind of financial products they needed to be able to, again, be those true agents to grow their businesses and improve the quality of life for their families and themselves. And so, one, I started lending to them myself. I actually started using my savings and deciding that there were you know, certain business owners, certain individuals that really were creditworthy and that this made financial sense to me. Um, But what I also realized was that it wasn't scalable and I needed to find a way to kind of take all those observations that I had in terms of their daily life, their capacity, the decisions they're making, their behavior, and really be able to gather that in a much more seamless manner. Um, And that's really what led me to starting Tala is realizing that everyone in these markets, you know, there's about 1.8 billion smartphones or Android devices in emerging markets alone. And the underserved or the unbanked has access to this. And in emerging markets, when you pay a bill or when you receive a remittance, you actually get a text message. And that is a transaction receipt. And so if there's a way for us to actually kind of create this cash flow history using these transactions, we can actually start to understand consistency of bill payments, the kind of bills Mm -hmm. they have, money that's coming in. But what's important is then marrying that with their day-to-day lives and their behavior and what's happening every single day for them. And what I realized was through our application we could actually create different interactions with our customers and understand their anxiety, their behavior, their financial confidence and responsibility. And so marrying it with transaction data plus behavioral data, we can create a new kind of credit score. And so that's really what the genesis of Tala was.
0: Wow, that's that's amazing and really inspirational. Thank you so much for sharing that, Shivani. And um, I'm very honored to be able to to speak to you and and, and hear more about this story. So for our listeners, can you give them an overview of what Tala does? I get a sense that there's some credit scoring, I get the sense that there's some lending, but holistically, uh, could you walk us through what Tala does, what is the offering, and, and what does it look like for the user?
1: Sure. So at this point, Tala is the world's largest financial services mobile platform that is really exclusively focused on the global underestimated. And so through our mobile app, a customer can get instantly credit score and get access to financial capital, so loans, for both their business purposes as well as personal or emergencies. But in addition to that, it's what you said. It's a holistic financial services platform, so our customers can go beyond credit and actually get access to other financial products in our ecosystem.
0: Thank you very much. And one question for me, does the credit score you provide them in through the Tala application, does that um, help them access um, capital or loans in other ecosystem or from other banks or from other financial institutions?
1: Uh, not yet, but it's definitely something that we would like to, to eventually build and provide for our customers. But what we've done is ensured that we've continued to grow our value, so our limits, mm. lower our rates, You know, think about terms, think about other financial products, rewards into that ecosystem as well, so that as they continue to graduate in their lives, we are also continuing to grow with them.
0: Shivani, I understand that a key personal value for you is taking the first risk. Can you tell us why this is so personally meaningful to you and how it shaped how you founded and grew Tala?
1: Definitely. This one is uh, very kind of central to me because I think this is really about how we engender trust in the financial system and overall. And I think it really starts with those that actually have more. You know, it's important for us to actually show that a different way is possible. And in some ways, take that first risk to trust customers rather than actually expecting them to trust us without us giving them value. And so, as I mentioned, during my time at the UN, I spent time with small business owners and micro entrepreneurs and saw how, again, this relationship I had created with them, the trust that I had allowed me to actually kind of see a new path and create a new credit score. And so it's what I said, it's I took the first risk and I actually used my savings to get us started. But I really built this kind of new financial system or this new financial architecture that Tala has on this basis of trust rather than an assumption of of risk. So instead of believing that this customer is risky, I really believe that they were trustworthy. And so at this point, Tala has now proved that this different way is possible and that these na- these alternative data that can be used to actually create these new kind of credit scores. And so we operate now in Kenya, the Philippines, Mexico and India. We've now served over 8 million customers with access to credit, totaling over billion across our markets. And it's really because, again, trust is at the ethos of what we do. So we always put our customers first. And so no matter how difficult the kind of environment is or how risky, we really do decide to take that first risk and to trust them, and then to allow them the opportunity to grow within our ecosystem.
0: That's amazing, and that's very revolutionary. Actually, what I learned recently is that Tala has reported up to 95% repayment rate on its loans, at least in the Philippines, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. This is a testament that this trust model actually works. Can you tell us a bit more what factors you think contribute to this high rate of repayment? And how do you ensure that customers are able to repay their loans without falling into a cycle of debt?
1: So I think it's about, um, again, you know, not treating everyone the same. And so if we look at our global financial system, I would say that, you know, my bank doesn't have a relationship with me. (laughs) I don't think of them necessarily as my financial life partner, right? I think of it as a very transactional relationship. And what we've done in our app experience is really thought about, again, the journey within this ecosystem, And so allowing the customer to, again, choose and have the power of choice. And so, yes, we flip the financial system in terms of how we create these kind of instant credit scores, but it doesn't really stop there. We continually score our customers, and so it doesn't stay a static score. The -hmm. other thing that we do is, again, really believe in this philosophy of the right offer at the right time. And so... If we give our customers access to, let's say, you know, a new limit, we want to let them know when do they want to repay. So it's really, again, putting that power of choice in their hands. And so it's giving them the power to customize their due date, depending on how much capital they actually need at that time. And they can then understand, okay, based on what I need and based on where I am in the Tala ecosystem, this is the rate the term, you know, and the size the Tala is willing to offer me. But they can then decide, I want that. I want something smaller, right? And so it's, again, this idea of pay as you go, as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, in most emerging markets, fintechs offer these loan limits, and the customer feels like they have to take it immediately. And that's not what we want. We want them to, again, know it's there for them. They have access to it but they don't need to take it all at once. And so that allows them to, again, have a little more peace of mind and the confidence that someone is there for them and that they can always access this. And so because of that, they understand the value of repayment. And now that we've added in these additional financial products, they understand if I use these other products, I also get other benefits on the lending side. So it's, again, really creating a experience and an ecosystem, as opposed to a transactional relationship.
0: So what I'm hearing here is that um, through Tala, users are given access to credit and there's dynamic um, credit scoring that allows them to, A, take what they need and based on how much they're able to repay, they get access to more. So the promise for more and is, is sort of what ensures people stay on and just take what they need. Is that correct? Exactly. So earlier this year, Shivani, Tala released its 2022 Global Impact Report. What are some of the key findings in this report and what impressed you the most?
1: We did. It was the first um, kind of large third-party study that we've done. so we partnered with an institution called 60 Decibels, who conducted Mm -hmm. over 1,000-plus interviews across um, all of our markets, so in local languages. And some of the top findings that we found were that nearly two thirds of our borrowers reported that they did not have prior access to digital financial products before Tala. So the first is really to say that, you know, without us in the market, you know, most customers that we serve had never experienced digital financial services. The other thing that we found was that 80% of customers reported an improved ability to face a financial emergency. And I think what's interesting is as I've really studied, um, you know, financial emergencies or shocks in the U.S., we're actually not seeing the same ability in the United States. And so, again, it's really thinking about, again, this idea of peace of mind, financial confidence, and how can, again, digital providers do more than just provide products But really think about that engagement and that relationship and how that can create the impact that we want. And then lastly, what we found was that eight out of 10 women in our study reported an increase in self-confidence as a result as a result of having access to these loans. And so for me, that's even more exciting because I think of it as: okay, we know already from a lot of the research, right, in microfinance and other development programs that. If a woman who is the head of her household feels more confident and able to make the decisions that she believes are right for her family, then we're going to see a multiplier effect happen on the children in that household, the ability for them to continue to access or look for other products and services. And so for me, I'm, I'm super excited about this ability of agency and this improved ability to, again, face financial shocks versus just saying, hey, we've delivered $4 billion in credit. That's great. But it's really about understanding the impact. And we finally have, again, that data.
0: That's phenomenal. When I was going through the report, I could definitely see the impact that, that this is making. It's not just money in the bank. It's not just being able to pay a bill. It is materially peace of mind. It is Confidence, it is being able to operate in the world more effectively. And and that is really phenomenal. And that goes beyond the $4 billion for sure. Yeah. One other thing I found very interesting in the report um, was how the different geographies use the money they they receive from Tala. So over 70% of your Kenyan customers predominantly use Tala loans for business purposes, while in Mexico, India, and Philippines, it was perhaps the same percentage using it for personal loans. I think in India, it goes up to 86%. Could you talk through perhaps what you see as the differences between these markets? Is this how you go to market or is it their, the, the, the market's own perceptions of credit and, and and what they should use it for?
1: Sure. Um, I think maybe I want to start out by saying, I think, you know, these categories that we're talking about, whether it's business, personal emergencies, um, you know, they're not necessarily binary, right? And Hmm. I think what we find is actually in the data and in interviewing our customers, it's actually a lot more gray and a lot more fluid, right? And so a customer is not saying, hey, this money is the only money I will use for my business. And I think that's the beauty of the kind of financial products that we provide to our customers and specifically The capital products because they are flexible, right? And so a customer in Mexico or India, right, may actually use our product at first to pay their rent because they're starting a business on the side and they don't want to dip into their savings. Or they may actually have an accident related to their business and they can use our capital for that. And then later on, they might actually, again, as their limit grows, bring that in as working capital. And so what we find is actually that the use case is actually very fluid throughout that customer journey. Um, and that's what we actually saw in the data is that 90% of our customers reported that they were using the Tala loans in a mixed purpose way during their relationship with Tala.
0: That's interesting. And I guess that that also adds to, to the uniqueness of Tala is that. The capital is fluid and can be used for what's most pressing at that moment. You disperse $4 billion in loans to over 8 million customers um, across at least four countries. There might be more. But help us understand what is in your tech stack and how what enables you to be able to disperse at such scale.
1: Um, I think it's great that you actually mentioned the tech stack because We have invested a lot of time and resources into developing this both, uh, I would say global tech stack, um, so global infrastructure, but something that is actually modular and can be customized Mm -hmm. for each local market. So that's the first is really kind of starting out on the journey, realizing that yes, we need kind of global frameworks for our models, for payment channels, these things, But every country is going to look very different. And we're going to want to offer different products, different payment channels, different interest rates, et cetera, across each of these countries. So we really needed to build um, our infrastructure in that way. Now, the way that, again, we bring that to life is that across all four of our markets, we have local teams. So we have everything from kind of a local executive team that kind of matches the Tala you know, um, kind of parent. Um, so again, we have GMs, we have um, you know local marketing, local operations, local people, all of those things, but also local servicing and customer advocates. Um, and then in addition to that, we have product managers, user researchers and engineers that form really these kind of tight knit small teams that are focused on, again, thinking about What does this market, this customer really need? And doing both in-person as well as digital interviews, allowing us to, again, kind of customize um, what the app experience looks like across every country.
0: That's interesting. It's really interesting that you have it customized so much at at each country, yet there is still um, an underlying tech infrastructure that that goes across what is modular. This has been really helpful to understand Tala as a business and how you operate. We'd like to hear a bit more about your panel discussion at Davos. You emphasize the importance of empowering women through financial inclusion, and you've touched on a few of those ways already. Could you discuss some of the other ways that Tala has worked to promote gender equality, both within the company and in the community that you serve?
1: Sure. Um I think that's a that's a really great question. Um when I was at Davos and the panel I spoke on, you know, we really talked about, you know, access not being enough. And it's a lot about what you and I have been talking about as well, which is, you know, it's about that engagement. And it's about that continued evolution of the relationship we can have with our customers so that we can again support them in their financial lives and truly enable them to be those financial agents for themselves. And so I would say that is the foundation for me of financial inclusion, right? It is really about access, but then it's about choice and control. And so, Mm. as I mentioned, the study that we did earlier this year allowed us to see that women in particular actually reported, 80% of women reported increased self-confidence as a result of access to capital. And that's great. But what we also saw was that 58% of women in the study reported an increase in their influence on decision-making within their households. And 67% of those women that reported that talk about having more financial independence. So I think, again, if we go back to this idea that the loan use case and someone's financial life is very fluid. We have to remind ourselves that these women and these individuals are not just business owners, they're consumers, they're running their households, so they're mothers, they're wives, but they're also business owners. And so, if you now have more confidence in yourself, then you have the ability to again start to make more financial independent decisions right? Um, And to me, that idea of independence is really central to being, again, an agent in your life. So that's the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is that, again, going back to access is not enough. And if we're really after confidence and decision-making, then we need to couple it with financial education. And so in our app, um, we provide, again, articles, blog posts, different kind of community groups customers can participate in both in person as well as digitally. Um, And in addition to that, we also provide kind of modules that they can watch. And so at this point, what we've seen is about, uh, I believe, about 43,000 hours of coursework that customers can again take. Um, And so just kind of wrapping it all together, what we've seen is you know, this kind of financial education, um, even that can be customized. So again, we provide it in a global format, right? But again, we know every business owner is gonna be different. Every market's gonna be different. And so that's, again, where we start to customize. And so an example of that is in Mexico, um, we did a program with about 150,000 women business owners in Mexico. And we really did it in such a way to focus on the capacity building that they needed. So how do they start online stores? How do they market their products? And so really going into depth in terms of saying, yes, we want you to be financially literate, literate, but we also want you to be better business owners as well.
0: That's phenomenal. My key takeaway definitely is that access is not enough. and, And I think this needs to be announced louder everywhere. The other thing that you raised at Davos was that fintech companies need to balance growth and social impact. So I guess, again, the, the motto, access is not enough, comes into play here. How do you, as Tyler, balance the social value you provide and financial return for your investors?
1: I think it starts with, I would say, knowing the kind of company you want to be. And so for us, uh, we always start Every board meeting, every discussion with our mission, we really say that we are a mission-driven, finan- you know, social enterprise.
0: Mm-hmm. And so,
1: in that sense, we want to make it very clear that we are balancing both. The other thing that we mention, and we say this at all of our all hands, is that we're after being a generational company. And so, we are not a fly by the seat of your pants kind of company. We are one in which. We want to be there to provide long-term value. And so if if you're after this idea of generational change and long-term value, then you're not going to just focus on short-term profitability.
0: That's inspiring. And just while we're on that, I guess my question is, now the economic environment is changing a lot. You have very high inflation rates, you have interest rates going up. Though you have a long-term perspective, how have you seen this current part of the cycle that we are in impact uh, how you operate as Tala, your disbursements or your capital rates?
1: So uh, I think this is a great question because in some ways we've already been battle tested during COVID. You know, we were, um, you know, we saw, we had a front row seat, you know, both having a team in the US, right? And thinking about, again, how do we protect them? How do we we sustain? But then also having teams and customers across four different countries. So we're really looking at COVID across five markets simultaneously. And what we leaned into during that time was, again, thinking about how do we use tech? How do we use data right, to enable us to stay true to our mission? And so what we did during that time is really rebuild all of our infrastructure, all our data models, to think about how are our customers navigating this crisis. And what we Mm -hmm. saw and shouldn't have surprised us is that the underestimated or the underserved customer faces volatility every single day. And so this was not different for them. And they were at work, they were continuing their lives, but we needed to find new ways to understand them. And so what we did was just thousands and thousands of interviews You know, again, at that time, we couldn't do it digitally. And so we found different mechanisms, but it allowed us to, again, reacquire 95% of our customers during this time. We focused on retention and loyalty, and we came out of COVID, actually, with the highest margins we've ever had in Tala history. Wow. And we really, again, improved the financial products that we provide to our customers because we realized that they were still very dependent on cash. And we needed to provide them with something greater than just access to credit. And so that's really how we've evolved is going from, you know, the very beginning of the Tala journey was just about credit. And now we're a financial account for our customers. So that's the first thing is really, again, being close to your customers during this time, learning about how they're navigating a crisis already, and then using tech and data to emulate that. Right. And to really, again, bring it to life in terms of the product experience. The last thing I would say is that, you know, by understanding how the kind of economies are working, we can really start to, again, use that tech infrastructure that we've built to think about it as, okay, are our customers prioritizing different um, kind of expenses during this time? Is money going as far as it did? If not, we can toggle or change the loan amounts, the interest rates, And again, meet the customer where they already are. And so that's why it's really critical, in my opinion, to, again, have the right mission. And that keeps you true to your North Star. But then, again, have infrastructure in place that allows you to be both global and local at once.
0: Speaking of COVID, you came out of COVID very strong and and very robust. And you you reinvented or or reignited um, the mission of Tyler coming out of that. And actually, in 2021, Tala raised a $145 million Series E round. However, this time, it was led by operators, Upstart and the Stellar Development Foundation, rather than the traditional VC backgrounds you had before. I believe you had GGV and, and PayPal Ventures, among others, earlier. Can you talk a bit more about why you chose this route for this round and how you intend to invest this capital into the future.
1: I went in that direction uh, because, again, I, I believe that, you know, kind of having operators around the table is critical, right? They're the ones that have the experience in growing companies, kind of dealing with, you know, the day-to-day, right? It's that, that tension of profitability and mission, that, you know, um, thinking about having four markets, how do you operationalize that? How do you create, again, these global and local playbooks? Um, And so for me, at this point in our journey, for us to get to, again, more markets, more products, I really need to learn from operators and people that have already done it, right? And have Mm -hmm. continued to evolve and grow their companies. And so that was the first piece. The second thing is also kind of picking partners um, specifically that I think enable us to expand um, our product learnings specifically and so I think that's why we're really focused on upstart is you know they are very similar to us in that they think about ai and the use of data in fintech and financial services for the underserved and so it was very very aligned mission wise for us and again experience wise and then we brought in stellar because again when we think about the ability to get to you know 10 markets 50 markets, we need to rethink our infrastructure um, and we see that kind of movement happening. And so we wanted to make sure that we had somebody in the driver's seat on our board that could, again, give us that frontline experience.
0: Thank you for sharing that. And as we look forward, what can we expect from Tala over the next few years?
1: I think uh, you will see us continue to evolve um, our product experience. So bringing the kind of, you know, financial account that we've launched in the Philippines as our first market to all of our other markets. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, my hope is that you'll also see us in new countries.
0: Shivani, this has been so fantastic. But just as we close out, I have two more questions for you. Um, the first is I understand talent is growing very rapidly. And so for our listeners who might be listening, who might be interested in working at Tala, are you hiring and what qualities do you look for?
1: We are hiring. Um, And I would say that the first thing that we look for is individuals that are, again, aligned and that connect with our financial mission, right, that really believe in the social mission that we have to enable financial agency for the underbanked around the world. That's the first thing. The second thing I would say is that specifically, we're looking for people to join um, all of our roles, whether it's engineering, product, marketing, um, and it's not just in the US. And so again, we want to ensure that individuals are thinking about us as a global company. And so if you are passionate about the mission and you're also interested in potentially applying from around the world, I think those are the right individuals that should join the team.
0: Now, we usually like to end with a fun question that allows the viewers to get to know you a little better. Shivani, what's a fun fact about you that most people wouldn't know?
1: I would say that I have seen the sunrise and the sunset uh, from about 48 countries around the world.
0: Wow, congratulations on that achievement. Uh, Shivani, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast, and it's been great learning about your story, your company, and the impact that you're making. And uh, definitely for me, a takeaway amongst many today is access is not enough, and we should continue to fight for that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Wharton Fintech podcast. If you like the show, then please show us some love on social media or consider leaving a review. It means a lot to us and helps spread the word to more listeners. If you want more content from our Fintech community, you can subscribe to our podcast and find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Medium at Wharton Fintech. There you will find interviews, articles, videos, and much more analyzing all aspects of the industry. As always, special thanks to our editor, Rafael Ostia. Signing off until next time, I'm your host, Russell Matambo.